0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. How to endure in all seasons. If this isn't a word perfect for right now, I mean, for me it is. So I might just be preaching to myself, but I guarantee I'm preaching to a lot of people out there because I feel that this is what the Spirit of God has given me. So I want to preach about enduring in all seasons. You know, I've had another title. It would be, "Don't quit, endure." Don't quit, endure. What is endurance? You know, when you think about the Olympics it just now happened, think about those athletes. I remember reading an article probably about seven or eight years ago on how an Olympian or an athlete trains for the Olympics. The amount of hours that goes in to building their body up for, you know, it could be a race for a a minute. (laughs) It was 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours just to train for a minute run. Isn't that funny? You think about the amount of work, strength that had to go into this, patience, preparing themselves for a small segment of time. This is what endurance is. Right now, we are in this moment of process. But the beauty of it, process is forever. And in this place we call process, you are doing something in it. You're growing or you're declining. You are saying, you know what? I can do something or you come to a place where you're not doing anything. And... I want to encourage you with this message that when we endure, when we press forward, when we press towards the things of God, not only will you experience the benefits of those promises in your life, but also it will be a witness to the people around you. Because that's what it's about, right? It's about being a witness. It's about letting people see what you are resembling, and that is Jesus Christ. You know, when you see athletes do all the hours and all the years of practicing for that one moment, you know, what are they doing? They're representing their country. Can I tell you right now that you're representing something? You are citizens of God. You are representing the kingdom of God. And I think we can all agree that when you look at an athlete when they're representing their country, that you hold them with high respect. That you place something on them, a demand on them. You expect something from them. It's the same with children of God. You know, we have a place that we hold within our walk with Christ, not just because, you know, it's something that we do. No, it's valuable to us. And because we carry ourselves that way, we have a standard. What does it do for people around us? They see it. They say, man, this is real to them. This isn't just something that they're just saying. It's not just a title. No, this is real to them. I can see it in their life. And you know what? It draws me to want to know Christ because of the witness and the example that they are carrying. Come on, isn't that what we want? So it's so easy for us to get off that course. It's so easy for us to not even think about those things. But I want to encourage you to begin to think about those things. Maybe you have before, and right now you're not. But it's important that we do. So what is Endurance. Well, endurance means to stand. Endurance means to remain firm under suffering <laughs> or misfortune without yielding. Are you willing to endure? You know, why do we quit? Why do we get tired? Why do we just give in? It's because what we have allowed within our life, you know, it's what we've allowed within our home. It's what we've given into when it comes to our walk in this life. And I want to remind you that Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 4, it says, More than that, we rejoice, come on, in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering or knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. What do you put your faith and energy in? Right now, you're at home. You're probably working from the house. You're seeing your family every day. Maybe that's a little different for you. You know, uh, I know for a lot of people, it probably is seeing your kids every day for long periods of hours. You know, and that, can, that can do something to you, right? It's, it's changed your perspective, and maybe it's not hasn't been easy. Maybe you're with your spouse all the time now, and it's changed your perspective, and maybe there's more anger and frustration. You've had to learn how to, you know, wade through these different waters. And at times, maybe you've made mistakes. Maybe you've said something you shouldn't have said. You had a thought that you shouldn't have had. You know, or maybe you even went further, and you, you just, you know, The right thing to do is what? Well, forgive in your heart. Forgive them. But I want to help you understand that what you put within your home is so important. What is the focus in the center of your home? Because this is what's going to help you endure. See, in Judges chapter 6, turn your Bible to Judges chapter 6. We're going to talk about a man that endured in a time where they were against great opposition. The Israelites right now are in the land of the Midianites. And the Midianites have overpowered Israel. And we see that in verse 4, If you have your Bible, go ahead and and Judges chapter 6, verse 4. Actually, you know what? Let's go to verse 6. And it says that Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. So the people of Israel have been set free out of Egypt. And now they're in a place where they're very low. You know, maybe you feel like that right now. You're at a place where it's like, man, I'm tired. I, I, there's so many things happening. There's so much information out there. There's so many things I'm hearing, and I'm just spiritually tired. I'm physically tired. And maybe there's even more emotions, anger, frustration, all, all those things that come with when you're constantly feeding on those things. Well, the people of Israel are like this. And why are they like this, though? Well, it says in v- verse 8 that the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. And I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you. And I drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God, and you shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. Wow. God, or this prophet, is speaking to them, telling them what God is speaking. And he's saying, look, I did all this for you. I set you free. You're no longer slaves. I have drove out the enemies. And now you're in this land, and you've gotten too comfortable in this place. You've allowed the gods that they worship to become the gods that you worship. You've allowed yourself to be distracted from what I've done past and previous To where you are now because you're at a really low place. You've allowed the place that you're in, you've allowed distraction, you've allowed idols, you've allowed yourself to worship another god. In verse 11, or actually verse 12, we see an angel of the Lord come to a man by the name of Gideon. And Gideon, the Lord said, is with you, or he said, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Think about this: the man, or the name, or the uh, that description, "man of valor" means man of strength, man of bravery, man of courage. So, in all this, where they are in this land, they've disobeyed God by worshiping another god. There's a man that God comes to. It says, you are a man of valor. You are a man of strength. You are a man of courage. And he begins to tell him that I'm going to use you. Now, Gideon's response is pretty funny. He says, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? You know, where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? And he says, but now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. Or given us into the hand of Midian. So, This, when we read this, this means that Gideon hasn't experienced the same things that his forefathers have. They're at a place now where it's just stories. I think about when we read the Bible, a lot of times we read this like, well, this is just stories we're reading. But the reality is this is history. This has happened. You know, I don't know how you believe and how you see the word of God, but this is literally history. This has happened in our earth. You know, and when we read these, it's a remembrance of what God has done. You know, it should put us in a place like, man, if God's done it before, why wouldn't he do it now? Do you think that everything happening in the world right now that God didn't know was going to happen? Do you think just because it is happening that God still isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever? See, we may be living in a time that's so different than two years ago. But that doesn't change who God is. And if that doesn't change who God is and that's not going to change who we are because our identity is found in him, right? See, in order to endure in the things of God, you must first know who you are. The Spirit of the Lord told Gideon that you are a man of valor. He told him who he was. You're a man of strength. See, we've been script- given scriptures on who we are scriptures like ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 ephesians 2 or chapter 2 verse 10 it says for we are his workmanship we're created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them another scripture like second corinthians 5:17 we know this second corinthians 5:17 says therefore If anyone is, what, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. See, in order to endure, you got to know who you are. Because when you know who you are, then you know why you're doing it. See, I know who I am because I know God. And when I know God, it makes it so easy to endure the things that I'm going through. Because it's worth it. Because I know the promises that have been given to me. I know that they're yes and amen. See, when we understand who we are, everything that we're going through, we're able to go through it. But a lot of times we don't know who we are. You know, the angel of the Lord could have came to Gideon and said, look, you're a man of valor. He said, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> he could have said otherwise. You know, there's other passages in the Bible that we see this. We see this happen with Moses. When he saw the burning bush and God was speaking to him and said, look, you're going to be the deliverer. You're going to set my people free. We saw, we saw that Moses said, yeah, right. We saw Mary did it whenever the angel of the Lord, and she, you know, she reasoned. But look, God knows that even with you right now, you may be questioning things. You may say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, God, everything right now, it's just, I don't know. And that's okay. God understands that. He knew you were going to question. He knew you were going to be confused at times. He knew. That's why he's giving you an answer. He's giving you his word. He's giving you his son, Jesus. See, just because you question things doesn't mean you're bad. No, that just means you haven't understood who you are yet. It doesn't, that means you don't understand what he's done for you. And maybe you do know, but you haven't got back to that place. Let's get back to that place. So we see in Judges chapter 6. In verse, let's go down to 23, verse 23. We're talking about endurance. So, what strengthens your endurance? What strengthens your endurance? You know, these athletes practice hours. I mean, it says 10,000 hours just to do something so small. You know what is strengthening right now your endurance? What are you allowing to be the focus within your life? In Judges chapter six, actually go to verse twenty-five. Twenty-five. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, "Take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down." the Asherah, that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the stronghold there with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. Now, Go back up for a second. In verse 25, I love this because I know where I'm going. Before, because we know, if you don't know the story of Gideon, I'm not. I'm going to get into the very end of Gideon. I'm really focusing on the middle part right now, but Gideon in chapter seven, if you read it, Gideon is going to defeat an army, and he's going to do it in a supernatural way because it's not going to be done by him. It's going to be done by God. Because he starts with 20, 22,000 men and it ends up dwindling down to 300 men. And they're fighting an army. And they actually don't win by swords, they win by making praises unto God, making loud noises, something crazy that only God could get the glory from. So, before this, though, God needed to fix something in the camp. There was another Lord that claimed to be a Lord, another idol. And this was the idol of Baal. And I felt the spirit of God when I was reading this, that when we don't take care of what's in the camp, you're not going to be able to see God work. Because our focus is on something else. What does an idol do? An idol takes our attention. It takes our time. It takes our effort. But ultimately, it takes your worship. What is worship? Well, you heard Pastor Brian say it earlier. Worship is worship, what we seem, what we deem worthy enough to give all our attention to. There was an idol in the camp, and the first thing God commanded Gideon to do was to tear it down. If you look at the name Gideon, it means to tear down, to cut down. He tore down this idol, and he built an altar. He tore down an idol and built an altar. See, what things in your life need to be torn down? What things are taking your attention? And this time right now is so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to put things in front of God because you're not going to church, getting in your car, getting the family ready, and driving on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You're not doing it. You're still at home. You're still in the normal place where you're always at. You know? So it's so easy to allow things. Now, what is an idol? Well, an idol is something that takes place of God, that takes our time, our attention, our worship, everything. It becomes focus. Well, it could be easily as your phone. It could be easily as TV. It could be easily, I mean, with us, honestly, there's probably some of the main things that can really take our worship. You know, through this time of the past 18 months, could you look back in your life right now and say, man, my relationship with God has gotten so much stronger. Now, look, I'm not saying this to condemn you to make you feel guilty. I want to look at this so we can really analyze ourselves. Because, look, we're, the purpose of being a Christian is discipleship, is growing and maturing in him, right? It's serving his will. It's building his kingdom but how can you build his kingdom if yourself is not strong and built see god would never whatever god would never be able to do what he did through gideon if he first gideon did not tear down that that idol and put that altar in place can you say looking back the past 18 months man i'm stronger in god i have more knowledge and revelation more, i feel or you say, I'm beaten, man, I'm tired, I I feel like quitting. I've quit on things already, actually. Maybe it's because what you've been given your time to. And you say, well, how can you say that? Every day is the same. It don't matter because he's not the same or because Jesus is still the same. Jesus is still on the throne. We serve him. We're not serving the system of this world, the things of this world. Everything can be the way it is. You know, life has changed drastically for us. It may not go the same. And we, we know if, we, if the Bible is real, and we know it is, it's going to be a lot worse. So what do we do as men and women of God? Our faith goes in who? Him. And that's what causes endurance. When we stay firm and strong in Him, when we realize that, we you know what, we can't do this on our own, when we realize that it's done through Him. When you realize and say to yourself, you know what? In this moment, in this time, I'm not going to give any of my attention to things that can take my focus away from God. No, right now I'm going to tear down the idols. And what did he do when he tore down the idols? What did God say to do? Build an altar. I feel this in my spirit. You need to build an altar within your home. Maybe not a physical one. You can do that if you want. But I'm talking about a place of worship that recognizes who God is. It's a place where your family comes together. It's a place where you come. To, it could be in your living room on a Tuesday night, and say, you know what? This is where we worship God, and your children see it, your wife sees it, your husband sees it. This is where we come together. God is in this house. Why would we do that? Because we are Christians. We have given our life to him. We have said your will above my will. I pursue you with everything I have. I seek you first in all things. Why would we not? Especially right now. I mean, there are thousands of people, if not tens of thousands of people are in this area that need what you have. And the only way they're going to get it is through you speaking. But how can you speak if you're not even strong enough? I know this might be a, a challenging word. This might be like, man, it's heavy, but look, it's not. It's this is the purest the simplest way of the gospel. Is how can you give the gospel to somebody if it's not working for you? And the only reason why it would not be working is cuz you haven't properly Put it in the focus of your life. Yes, you're going to heaven. Yes. But it's more than that. It's about living this life on earth for God. It's about being a witness. It's about being a light. I mean, right now, is that your home? Does it feel like a house of prayer or does it feel like a house of chaos? And if it's a house of chaos, it's probably because of what you have allowed in, it's probably because of what things are become honestly things that we worship. When we continue to read about Gideon, it said that the men woke up early in the morning and they saw the altar of Baal was broken down and they were upset. They were to the point where they said, who did this? We want to kill this man. When we get to a place of comfortability, when we get to a place like the, the norm, It's hard to tear down things within our life that aren't of God. We get so used to it. It could be a sin. It could be a weakness. weakness. You get used to it. It gets to the point where it's like, man, God's all right with it. And it lies to you. It distracts you. We see that even with the snake in the Garden of Eden. He lied. He tricked. He manipulated Eve. And even to this day, it's still working. You may think it's all right. It's not. Because those very things are stopping you from enduring. Those very things are sucking the life out of you and causing you to feel like, I can't do this. Guys, we're Christians. We're the light of the world. I mean, we're the salt of the earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not just ordinary people. We are created in his workmanship. We are no longer dead. We are alive. You know, what does 1 Peter two nine says? But you are the ones chosen to Chosen by God to be a high, or to be a royal priestly uh, priestly work. I'm probably messing this up. Chosen to be God's instruments to do His work, to speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He made from you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Guys, we're not of this world. You know, Jesus even told us that they will hate you because you are of Me. If that doesn't say, like, we're different, we're, we're different. And so why do we try to do life the same way the world will do it? <laughs> it won't work. It, it's, um, it's impossible. In Philippians chapter 3, it says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. I forget what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We press forward. We endure. We can see it. You will have victory. The reality is you already have victory. And this is where a place of faith says, you know what, this is where I stand. See, that word Baal means Lord. They put another Lord within the camp. And Gideon cut down that Lord. He cut down that idol, and he put an altar unto God. See, idols, they'll always try to take away from us being able to endure life. Because they'll try to take our focus, and that's what we'll put our time in. And we're not able to endure in Christ. You know, and why is that? Well, because our strength doesn't come from those things. It comes from the Lord. Those things actually suck the strength away. See, and without God, we are unable to f- push forward and endure. We're unable to press. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16, it says, Do you know or do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? It's going to be hard to have idols within your own personal life and for God to dwell in you. we got to cut it down. Now, I know this is a message about endurance and probably a little different because really it's about breaking down idols and building an altar unto God. That's what's going to help you endure, especially in this season. You know, I want to encourage you. Build an altar unto God within your home. Build an altar. What does that look like? Well, That's a place of worship. You know, make a specific time. It could be every day. I would encourage you to do it every day, especially right now. But if you can't do it every day, make time, not just on your own. I'm going to tell you now, I don't just pray on my own and read my Bible on my own without my family. We get together, especially right now, because I understand how easy it is to just lash out and you know I noticed a couple of days ago with just my own personal self that I was like man I could just kind of I'm getting I'm answering quicker to my wife maybe she didn't recognize it but I did I'm like Why? And even with my son I was kind of getting annoyed I mean when you have a six year old they love to ask questions and I love him and it's just amazing but sometimes it's like don't ask me any more questions please and I see him all the time and I understand the frustration. Look, we're people. I get that. But at the same time, we are not just people. We have been changed. And so the only way that we can change to what's been changed in us, we got to renew ourselves. we got to build an altar. we got to stop allowing ourselves to kind of just fade away. And I feel like that a lot of people are now fading away from God. Don't fade away. Push in. Press in. Come on. It's not too late. And look, if you've messed up, if you've done some wrong things, if you've made some bad decisions recently, it's so easy to fix it. Get right in your heart. Ask God for forgiveness and jump right back in. Get back on course. And I hope that this word encourages you. I pray that right now you're just feeling in your heart, man, I kind of make this place, my house, a place for God to dwell in. And it hasn't been that way. There's some things I need to get rid of. There's some ideas. There's some things that I've let in that have come from the world to get into our home. That's all we talk about. That's all we think about. And it's caused nothing but anger, fear, anxiety. And that's exactly what it's going to cause. Remember, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We see life differently. We know what happens. Christ is going to return soon. Now, that may not be in our day and age, but it may happen. You never know. But we're always prepared, and we live that way. We live like every day is our last. And what does that mean? Man, we serve God wholeheartedly with everything, with our whole being. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings... Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.